This is the 2.1 cast. Visit the2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the2.1. And welcome to another episode of the 2.1 cast. I'm Neil Murray, I'm your host, and I'm joined by James Kearney and Stefan Bienkowski. Nearly forgot both your names there for some reason. How are we doing? I'm pretty hungover, to be honest. I was out last night. You died a bit. Yeah, I'm <laughs> clinging on to my own brew for dear life. I know, like you're so Scottish at heart. Uh, what about yourself, Stefan? Are you feeling fresh? Yeah, I'm good. I've got a funny story actually for you. Here we go. Um, so, we're recording this on Tuesday night, and just before the Liverpool game, and say I was going to get some dinner, so I went into Asda to get a pizza because, as everyone knows, Asda does the best fresh pizzas, right? There's no doubt about that. I don't okay. actually know that's quite cool. Oh yeah, the fresh pizzas are brilliant. So I'm, I'm I'm walking through Asda, massive meat feast under my hand, my arm, and guess who I stumble into in the cosmetics aisle? As a footballer. As a footballer. Ooh. Can we take three guesses and try not to ruin your story? No. Three, three guesses each. What? No, no, what, what, what team do they play for? You, you can tell us that? Or is that well, I'm thinking old firm. No, I'll tell you yeah. what, who would be the funniest person to just bump into an Asda? Uh, the most like, the one you just think is so bizarre that I'm looking at this person in a normal real life situation right now. Around. No. Oh, that's a good shout. Lee yeah. Griffiths? Oh, Griffiths, that'd be quite no. good. No. Uh, I think the other side of Glasgow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lee Wallace. Alfred, Alfredo Morelos. Morelos. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. he was sitting there, he, he, was, he was standing there with his missus and I kid you not, he had the exact same expression on his face as he does like every minute. Of <laughs> he's sitting there with his arms either side, his head like kind of cocked back and he's just pulling this absolute like, he was just so fed up with life. I mean you would be if you're shopping and that like just to the big He was shop. obviously, his, his missus was obviously like fumbling about with some makeup or something. He was, you could just, he's like, oh come on, let's go home, I want to go home. Yeah, but yeah. I was just howling the fact that he, he looked, he's pulling the exact same sulk that he does on the football pitch. So <laughs> very Rangers fans ever wondered. Um, That's just, he's got kind of resting bitch face. It's his, he's just got resting bitch face or he just continuously hates being alive. Did you see what he had in his trolley? He didn't have a trolley, he was just wandering about most, uh, without anything really. Okay, so no meat feasts? No. no. Okay, fair enough. No. Well, there you go then. There go. So, if you want to meet Alfred Morelos, just head to uh, your local Asda. And it, and if other, it, other supermarkets are available. <laughs> and if his face is tripping him, don't, if, it's, if his face is tripping him, don't take it personally. I mean, now that I actually think about it, I don't think I've ever seen him smile. He just looked, yeah. Well, I've seen one picture, he got a hat trick one time, and there's a picture of him <laughs> like, smiling then, but I think yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he picked up an injury in the build up, he's like grimacing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about hearts tonight because, well, they're the kind of talk of the town at the moment. We did, we did think, for other reasons, uh, we might talk about Dundee since they are struggling, uh, but we, and this may sound a bit harsh, but we were actually genuinely worried about the time this podcast comes out that. McCann might be sacked, which would render the whole <laughs> it would render the whole exercise a bit pointless. So it's a genuine. But this has happened before, though. We've done a podcast on Tuesday night, by the Wednesday it's out of date. We also <laughs> should notice as well. We do have like the kind of curse where if we say a team are doing well, they will lose at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know how that'll work. Does that now mean that we've mentioned it that we'll have an upturn of form and McCann will prove us wrong, or does it just mean we've given the kiss of death and he definitely will go? I don't really know. If he's still around by the next weekend, we'll probably do Dundee next week. Yeah, fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> he's deserved it by then. Uh, no, we're going to talk about Hearts, and for good reason. They started the season very well. Uh, you'd have to be living under a rock if you're a Scottish football fan not to know they've won five from five. Uh, completely transformed their squad in the summer. Um, they've looked great. They've been Celtic along the way. And Craig Levine is driving everyone mad. Dundee United are his first victims of the season. <laughs> oh, Did you see God. this? Oh yeah. <laughs> 
fantastic. I mean, honestly, he's just an absolute expert. <laughs> the guy's an absolute genius. Oh, well, yeah, I think he's just surrounded by absolute morons, Dundee United collectively being one of them. Yeah, I mean, actually, now that I think about it, if we do do a Dundee special, maybe we should involve Dundee United in it if we're doing like a sack special. Um, because it's going to be a race between Laszlo and. Sack, sack, sack. You're not holding right. back tonight, are you? Uh, I, I thought you just meant like a list of sacks. Oh, right, we could do that as well. I mean, you must. Do you know more than one kind of sack? Santa's sack. Yeah, I'm just saying people you think are sacks. Right, in the oh, okay. well, I suppose, yeah, well, well I won't. Fame in a but no, I suppose. Sorry, before we go on, just trying to say I'm being harsh. I mean, surely Laszlo's in close to his new job as well. No, I would imagine so. But classic mainstream media, you know, <laughs> calling for heads, you know. Maybe they should do like a sort of like uh, rom-com scenario where they swap managers for a month and then see what happens. Oh, like kind of wife swap. <laughs> that is not rom-com. <laughs> That's, that's like a section on Pornhub, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. so, like, I'm really showing off my like lack of music, t- uh, movie taste here. Anyway, heart. So what we're going to do is rather than just say why they're good, we're going to kind of take a deeper look at why that is. So we're going to go front to back or back to front or middle to back to front, whatever. whatever. We're going to look at defence and the goalkeeper. We're going to look at midfield and we're going to look at attack and really get into the nitty gritty and the numbers of uh, how they've improved this season um, and why it is that they, they look, um, well, they're definitely one of the best teams in the league at the moment, obviously, but uh, look like they generally will cause problems for the full season. Um, does anybody want to start um, with their section? If not, I can start. I'm not particularly bothered. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, largely because we did a poll before the episode asking people um, what part of the team do they think has improved the most, and last time I checked it, I'm pretty sure it was like una- almost unanimous. 65% attack, yeah. 31% midfield, 4% defence. Who are that 4%? That's uh, interesting. I think Christoph Berra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Berra, his wife, his kids. Um, yeah, I'll jump in with attack then because that seems to be the most obvious one. Um, and I'll kind of just kick things off by just saying I think the most important stat to bear in mind here is obviously to score more goals and winning more games, which is, I guess, all that really matters at the end of the day. But I think when you break it down, perhaps the most interesting one is that the amount of shots Hearts are taking this season um, per game in the Scottish Premiership has jumped from 9.56 to 17.97. So they've almost doubled basically how many shots they're taking per game. Um, I tweeted this out last night thinking people would go nuts about it. And like I got one retweet or something, but it's something like they went from being like the eighth worst in the division for that last season and now... They're, they're top of the league. They're currently averaging more shots per game than Celtic. So I kind of dug into a wee bit and I just kind of looked at it. And I think, obviously, you can kind of base Hearts as... I mean, Kyle Lafty obviously played a minor part in this for the first couple of games, but I'm just going to exclude him, to be honest with you, because I couldn't be bothered looking at his stats anyway. Um, and going forward doesn't really matter. So, um, obviously, it's based around the three strikers they've got. They've got Stephen McLaren, uh, Steve McLean, rather, uh, Ikpezu, Ikpiazu, how do we pronounce it? Ikpiazu, I think. Ikpiazu, sorry. Or called Uche. Uh, that, that's how he's like uh, fondly known now. Is it? Is Uche. It? Okay, fine. Yeah. Uche and obviously uh, Stephen Naismith. And each of them are kind of bringing something new to this, uh, this team. And they've actually kind of clicked quite well. So far, if I'm not mistaken, in the five Premiership games, it's usually been, um, you know, McLean up front, Uche and Naismith. And Naismith's either played off McLean or Uche, or he's been out wide, but there's always kind of been some kind of combination of the two of them, or the three of them, and it's usually 
focused on Naismith kind of dropping quite deep. Uchi drops kind of deep too, with McLean Payne's kind of normal kind of number nine slash number yeah. ten role. And, you know, when you kind of dig into the stats, it's really quite interesting, actually. Um, for example, McLean um, is third in the league for shots right now. He's averaging 5.14. Last season, he was averaging 1.43 at St. Johnston. He's averaging his key passes, 0.43 a match. His deep completion passes, which are passes like directly into the box, uh, or like even in the six-yard box, are 1.29. Um, and, you know, he's basically just playing exactly where you'd expect him to play. He's, he's, he's picking out players to pass the ball to. He's getting shots away. He's kind of playing that number nine role really well. Um, and Uchi's doing arguably just as well. He's already got two assists. I don't think Uchi's got a goal. Maybe he has scored. I can't think off the top of my head. No, I think he scored the goal against Kilmarnock. Um, oh, you might be right, actually, yeah. Um, he is first in the league for touches in the box. 25 so far in five games. Well. He's sixth in the league for 1v1 one, one dribbles. He's doing better. He's got more dribbles per game than Jordan Jones, who, if you remember last season, was remarkable at that. Um, and between the two of them, they seem to be kind of really quite good yin and yang. You've got McLean, who's obviously very good at holding the ball up, laying balls off to players, shooting himself, getting goal-scoring opportunities. And Uchi's obviously a bit more mobile. He's, his key passing is 0.39, which is 0.04 less than McLean. So he's, he's laying off balls just as much. His uh, dribbling, his touches in the ball, and he's already got two assists in the league so far. But... I think perhaps the most honest, uh, the most obvious um, kind of leap in performances has kind of been Naismith. Um, I actually did a piece for the Herald, uh, it was in Tuesday's paper, and it's on, the, it's on the website now if you want to find it, kind of looking a little deeper into why Naismith's been doing so well, but the kind of gist of it is that he's, and maybe this is because he's going to be a bit older, I'm not so sure, but he's kind of taken more of a kind of attacking midfielder, inside forward role, um, and Basically, he's kind of scoring and assisting, at, at, um, you know, just at, at will, really. Um, you know, his goals per game right now have jumped up from 0.31 to 0.56. His assists have jumped up from 0.15 to 0.38. So he's almost, he's more than doubled how often he hits uh, assists. And his shots have gone from 0.77 to 2.44. So these things are going through the roof, right? Um his deep completion passes, which I said earlier, passes into like the kind of six-yard box, real danger area. Um, he's got ten in five games. He's got more than any other player in the league right now. Okay, um, and obviously his xG, his expected goals, and his expected assists are also basically his xG is actually gone up by a magnitude of five times from last season wow. per game, and his assists have doubled. Now, off the back of that. The amount of touches he's taken in the box has dropped, and the amount of progressive runs he's taken has also dropped. So we've now got basically a nice, and I'm pretty sure, off the top, I haven't wrote this down, but I just remember from writing the article, I'm pretty sure he's responsible for about 25% of Hearts' shots outside the box this season mm -hmm. as well so far. So basically you've got Naismith, you've got, you've got Uchi and you've got McLean who are definitely box players to an extent. Um, at least one of them is, and maybe Uchi's a bit more um, physical and he makes mm -hmm. late runs. But Naismith's definitely kind of playing as that player on the edge of the box, and it means he's scoring goals and he's creating goals. He's, the thing is, he's just he's such a menace, Naismith, when they do put him in a kind of wide position, on like mm -hmm. a, an advanced position on the wing, he's really effective there, kind of cutting in, or just, as you say, around in and around the kind of edge of the box, but then if he's played for the centre, he's just as dangerous. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it was quite early, or maybe a few months into when he signed, and I, I, I wrote something that was pretty harsh, because I was a bit like, 
I think it was when Levine came out and said it was Levine came out and said I want to keep Naismith next season and Han like said he wanted to keep Milinkovic and all these other players that were performing significantly better and his reason was oh he brings something to the group and I was like well at the moment he's not really bringing much to the group on the pitch so mm. but and then then obviously he's gone on to, to kind of prove me wrong I think there maybe was some fitness issues there as well and we get injured early mm. on um, and. As you say, it's, it's hard to not make a case for him being one of the best, if not the best player in these kind of opening stages of the league so far. Yeah, it's, it's night and day between this season and last season for Naismith. Uh, I think it's it's just incredible. You know, it's really amazing. Um, and it's actually also good to see him back in the Scotland squad. You know, um, it's, I was a bit surprised when he first got in there, but obviously, you know, played well the other, the other week as well. You know, and yeah. he obviously showed in that Scotland game that even not outside of like a pretty condensed timecastle pitch you can still get around the pitch quite yeah. well you know I mean, it's just always been such an intelligent player you know like if you've got like you say if you've got McLean and Nucci in front of them they're mm-hmm. a handful for the defence it just creates space yeah. and that's just where he works best you know he's, he's always been good at that yeah. I think one kind of stat I'll maybe finish on um, which again I'm seeing off the top of my head but I'm almost certain it's true because I did jot it down the other day um, we talked a lot about Lafferty's contribution to the team last season and I think his he ended up scoring maybe almost like a third of Hart's goal last year. I know Naismith's is almost exactly the same right now. So even though he's playing this kind of number ten slash winger slash inside forward role, he's still getting basic he's still contributing as much as Lafferty did for them last season. Mm-hmm. Um, well they've scored eleven goals this season, five are from Naismith currently. Oh well that's even crazy, better, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's probably Premiership I'm talking about like League Cup and yeah, stuff as well right, so right. they probably scored about 13 he's maybe got like mm. 8 or 9 so that makes sense but yeah that, I think I think that basically I think if you at least in terms of the attack I'm sure you guys can talk about where they've done things in defence midfield but um, I think in terms of attack they've basically signed two good strikers and Naismith's just basically almost doubled everything so mm, far stepped up I mean Uche is Uche's uh, the kind of player you want in your team and it sounds like such a kind of cliche thing to say but mm. lining up against him you saw with the Celtic defence, it's actually about Rangers lacked in, in the old mm. firm game that they didn't have somebody that could get in that Celtic defence, really. Um, whereas Butchie, you know, no matter who you are, you're going to have a hard afternoon, you're going to have to be in your A game and ready for like... So he's, he's so much more than physicality as well, he's just, he can run with the ball, as you, as you pointed out. He's just very powerful and quite intimidating to play against by the, by the looks of things. Uh, and he kind of compliments a McLean and an Smith really well. Mm. So we, we, you talk about last year and even the thought of... Um, them losing Lafferty when when they did, it seemed like God, that's a I think a huge loss. because um, even at that point Uchi was playing well and Naismith was playing well, but you still thought we know when the going gets tough and the goals dry up, Lafferty's always there to score like uh, like like it did for Celtic uh, against Celtic this season. That's a brilliant finish that a lot of people wouldn't score. Um, but they don't seem to have missed them so far, uh, and they do have enough. And you'll probably go into as well uh, with their midfield, James. But they do have enough going forward, not in terms of just the, their attacking ranks, but also in their midfield ranks, to which they perhaps didn't have last season. Uh, that, that will help out the, the attackers when the goals perhaps do go dry later on the season. I don't want to steal your thunder too much, so no, I'll pass no, over right. to you, and you can kind of discuss the middle of the park if if that's okay. Absolutely, yeah. So. Um a couple of things just straight off the bat, just some general stats comparing them between this season and last season. Um, so possession-wise, it's actually about the same in the possession average, and it's about last year it was forty-eight point four percent. Now it's forty-eight point eight. So it's a very slight increase, but not much to it, I don't think. Uh, in terms of passes, they're passing the ball more per ninety minutes now as a team, and in that also that's also the case with long passes, because I think that. <laughs> There's definitely been a slight change in approach. I think it's a wee bit more direct this season, Hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
that seems to be getting the most out of like the players they've got there. Like for instance, having Haring and Ollie Lee mm. um, in the sort of middle of the park. Like, Haring's not the most mobile player, but he's got you know incre- he's obviously very good defensively because he's I think he's normally a centre back by trade. Mm. Um, but Ollie Lee, he looks like just the sort of dynamism he's brought. I guess mm. like uh, I, I was trying to find out his um, distance covered uh, for ninety minutes, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, but I, I reckon it must be like one of the highest in the league. Like, I think he's really impressive for that sort of stuff. And you know, and this is a midfield that's also only getting stronger as well because you know, they've just got Arnold, Arnold Jim's back now. He was out injured for what well, best part of six months, mm-hmm. and he, he's a cracking player as well. Like, again, player for them, very yeah. very box to box. You know, lots of energy. Um, you know, we've got him. They've just signed Sean Clare, who was a free agent after leaving Sheffield Wednesday. He said he turned down offers from the Premier League to join Hearts today. Apparently, apparently so, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, that's obviously quite encouraging, you know. And again, he seems to be a really energetic box-to-box player who, uh, I think he was saying himself that he likes, he, he think he's the sort of player the fans can get excited about. Hmm. So, like, all that stuff is obviously really promising for Hearts. Uh, but also the way they're managing games as well from midfield. Because, um, I mean... Most games they've played this season, they've actually had more possession than their opponents. But there's been, but even the occasions when they've not, they still managed to find a way to win. Like against Motherwell, for instance, they only had forty-one percent possession. They hit fewer shots in Motherwell, and yet they left as one 0 winners. Mm. You know, and it's the same story again with um, Dunfermline. Again, like again, this time actually Hearts dominated possession, but they had much fewer shots, and again they just they nicked the win. They found a way to do it. Mm. So they've been really impressive at just sort of grinding out these 1-0 wins. I mean, we've got th- three in the last four games mm. have been 1-0 wins, and they've been pretty solid 1-0 wins as well, I think. Um, I've also been quite impressed with Callum Morrison mm-hmm. in the team. Um, and he, he spent last season, a poor guy, I mean, first, season, first half of the season, he was at Brecon. <laughs> getting absolutely battered week in week out, mm-hmm. and then after that, that he was, was playing before he got on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then he then the second half he was against Sterling Albion in League Two, mm-hmm. and now he's he's came at the fir- he's came broken at the first team, and he seems to be doing doing enough to hold on to his spot. Mm-hmm. So like that's really like encouraging from a Hearts perspective, and um, definitely one to watch for the future with the looks of it. Um, and also one last thing as well, I've been. Quite impressed with is the way they've been pressing this season, Hearts. I mean, I think the goal against Motherwell was a great example of that at the weekend, where they were they were basically man for man mm-hmm. with the there was basically three Motherwell players back and the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and they had four players pressing them. And okay, we can obviously the, the itchy things are sort of a contentious point, I guess. Yeah. But the the fact remains that all those players are pressing at exactly the right time. They're doing it very well drilled, and it's it came from a really bad back pass as well. It did, and you know, then they were ready to exploit that and yeah. seize on it. And they're and because of the organisation, they're already in the position that they could push up and do that. Yeah. So that you know that I ended up winning them again. That that's what that was ultimately a decisive moment, mm. and that's something that going forward, I think that Hearts we're probably going to see more of it as well. I think mm. they seem like tactically they seem really astute, which is. Amazing, really, when you think about it, because you know, these are all. This is a new team. Mm. These, these are like, everyone. Pretty much everyone in that squad has just turned up, and yet Levine's managed to get them so organised so quickly. It's really impressive. I mean, again, I, I'll kind of. Uh, I've just got to put my hands up and say I, when we did the season pre- uh, kind of previews for each team, and I, I was I was pretty scared in our hearts, if I'm completely honest, because um, how many times have we seen clubs every season, and Rangers are a very good example of it. Um, have either lots of loan players or just a massive turnaround of players 
and then really struggled to bed in uh, a new squad come yeah. come August, come September. And I just thought that's going to be exactly the same case. G- mm-hmm. Given how flat Hearts were last season, that season as well, a lot of these players um, we didn't know a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it wasn't me um, maybe being critical of Levine, it was just more like, can, can anybody sign 18 players and they'd expect yeah. to be turning around the struggles or the problems you had last year and then closing a 20-point gap for, to mm-hmm. Hibs essentially mm-hmm. and I know there's a long way to go in the five games in but so far as you say it's not even just like uh, oh they're doing well and yeah they're grinding results but they look well drilled there's a definitely um, a clear aim for what that team uh, and the way that they're set up or uh, are set out to do um, and I just think there's a number of players I mean you've just a lot of players named in the attack and midfield are, are new players that are yeah. important mm-hmm. one one as well as like Peter Herring is another one like yeah, who was signed as a centre back but has been an absolute revelation um, in, in midfield who um, has been huge this season in terms of um, adding that kind of solidity in front of the defence but also being a threat going forward and being very very important uh, in terms of passing and keeping the team moving but, it's, um, it's set pieces as well are fantastic well, it's, set, got a great, yeah. it's got a great long ball on him mm-hmm. yeah I think Christoph Berra was on Sportsend last night and he, he was quite good because he was actually talking about midfield and he was saying you know they had guys like Cochrane in the middle of the park who are obviously very technically good but I thought Berra was quite honest he said look they just didn't have the physicality and I can understand I'm I actually once bumped into Cochrane at the, in the Orium car park, like not as in like he did me, as in like I literally he bumped into him. Like Schwarzenegger. He, he literally walked into him, and I didn't even realise it was him because he looks about eight years old. Mm. I don't really mean on the kid, but he obviously he, he hasn't. Maybe he just hasn't sprouted yet, or not. No, he's not filled out. Yeah, of course, yeah. That's it. No, you're right though, because I don't think that's being offensive. I think it's yeah. just facts, and the fact is, when he does get, become more physical, he's only like what eighteen or not yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Sixty minutes debut, so yeah. when he fills out, he's going to be. That's it, when he has that, that physicality in his game, yeah. I think he's going to be excellent. Yeah. But as you say, like um, it's pretty obvious to bear, I suppose, if they've not really got that in the middle of the park. Yeah, so. and like, you know, you guys talk about Peter here, and I kind of did a piece on Ollie Lee when he signed, and I kind of, I was kind of optimistic because he had, he came from good pedigree, um, from like the level he was playing in England, and he looked like a smart player, and he, and he was doing, even doing, I remember he was doing well, quite well in pre-season friendlies actually as well, scoring goals and things like that, and he gets around the pitch, and you know, it's it's just come down to smart signings. One thing that kind of interests me was when I was kind of looking at numbers. And maybe this is different from the fullbacks. Maybe they kind of compensate for this. But um, in that midfield, except for maybe Smith, there isn't a huge amount of width still. Mm-hmm. So now it's also a huge mm-hmm. problem last season. But it seems as though the Greens kind of just said like almost turn into the skid almost and just kind of roll with it or just embrace it because I wouldn't. I mean, I still I haven't been able to kind of look at the way the Hearts pass yet, but. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if basically they're just pushing everything through the middle for the most mm-hmm. part because they've got guys like Uchi and Naismith who are kind of drifting out wide but then mostly moving inside whenever they can. Um, but that works when you've got guys like Lee and you know, Harry and stuff who can, mm-hmm. as we've seen so far, can basically just run over teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll maybe just segue into the defence there when you're talking about fullbacks. I mean, in terms of the likes of uh, Grutio or uh, Smith when he's playing right back, he's mm-hmm. been he's been decent when it comes to his passing and his accuracy and stuff like that. Um, they've tried to use Garuccio and um, please tell me if I'm pronouncing that wrong as well, Garuccio, I don't know. Uh, Mitchell, I think is a very, very good sign because what they've started doing is playing him maybe in a more advanced role that uh, Naismith perhaps took in the left wing yeah. before Lafferty was sold. So and we know that Mitchell's a technically uh, gifted player and can do something going forward. But I think you're right. I think uh, Levine's maybe just decided we're not going to be a team that relies on wingers. Uh, they're not mm. got particularly great crossing stats, but actually I don't, don't think they need to. No. Um, I think they're effective in what they're doing. That, that, that's quite weird as well, isn't it? Because like, you think with 
McLean and Uchi up front, you think, right, swing it in, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know just, just keep swinging it in, but no, like, as you say, like, they don't do that, no. and obviously rightly so, you know, it's Maybe working. it's like a double bluff, uh, <laughs> teams expect it just to be humped into the box, but, um, I mean, no, like, I mean, looking at the back line, so, the big thing was, they've only conceded two goals after five games, so, then Celtic have the best defensive record, so that's quite telling given how good their scoring record is at the moment as well. So yeah. you'd be hoping that, yep, they've improved their attack. Uh, can they keep that kind of solid base that they had last season? Yes, they can. What's even more remarkable about that is is the obvious fact that Christoph Bear is out long term. Um, you wrote a piece about John Suter and how um, his stats are as good as the likes of McKenna or Tierney or whatever, and how he was good enough to be called up for Scotland. And uh, the stats don't lie. I mean. Um, I'll, I'll fire a few at you. Um, he's, he's fifth in all of the league for interceptions. Uh, it's only the likes of uh, Goldson and Porteous and McHugh who are, are higher uh, than John Suter. Um, he's also in the top 10 for aerial duels. Uh, so he's got 51 of those. Um, and again, um, he's got quite a high success rate for that. So 62, nearly 63%. That's 10th in the league. But that's just really good, actually. Yeah, I think Celtic's top's maybe 67. I mean, hold that thought, though. This, so this is the thing when I was looking into it, and I feel it's. Someone that's perhaps went a bit under the radar is James Dunn, only 20 years old. He's the one that, instead of Herring moving back to centre midfield, they don't, want to, they don't want to lose his creativity or his presence in the middle of the park. So James Dunn, only 20 years old, he's been brought in instead of Berra. And you would never be able to tell because he's so seamlessly um, fit into that battling next to Suter. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, this is a 21-year-old captain, Suter, and a young 20-year-old too. Um, didn't really see much game time mm-hmm. last season. But his stats are unreal. I mean, like, I'm talking about Suter and his interceptions. So Dunn, I've looked more at his kind of per 90 because he's played less uh, less overall time. But um, for interceptions per 90, he's 11th in the league, Dunn. Um, that's just ahead of Suter. Um, I was talking about um, Suter's success rate in the air. Um, well, Dunn is, again, uh, he's only just outside the top 10 in overall. It's 11th, oh, sorry, 11th in the league for per 90. But his success rate is uh, fifth in the league, seventy percent success rate in the air. He's oh, wow. um, So I just think uh, he definitely deserves a bit of credit because, mm-hmm. and that's not the last stat I've got for him because I was really surprised going through it. I thought, well, John Suter's obviously leading from the back. He's mm-hmm. absolutely stepped up, but um, Don I think deserves a huge amount of credit for seamlessly fitting in there and uh, essentially like doing the role that, that Berra did, which is no mean feat given the experience and the kind of helping hand that Berra has given to Suter over the last few seasons and mm. arguably made him into the player that he is. But um, the other interesting stats I looked at as well was that um, Suter, again, uh, he's played the second most passes for Hearts this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got un- just under 84% accuracy in those passes. So again, that makes me think that wow. you, they are maybe being a bit more direct. Um, and again, Suter's just, I think his all-round game mm-hmm. has improved this season. I think mm-hmm. he, and it's such a, again, I've said it maybe about five times now, but he just has stepped up and it's uh, maturity, you don't know if he's just had a pre-season under Levine, whether that's helped, whether he's just absolutely um, flourishing uh, under Berra's absence, Norris has to step up and lead mm-hmm. by example. I mean, this is a 21-year-old now who's had the captain's armband for three games and mm-hmm. um, looks made out for it, really. Um, yeah, uh, again, um, Dunn pops up uh, in the passes metric uh, per 90, um, he's 14th in the all of the league for that as well. Um, so. And again, Dunn uh, is 10th in the league per 90 for long passes as well. And, and again, his accuracy is very high. So it makes me think that this centre-back pair, whereas Berra is a bit more um, old-school, no-nonsense defender. Yeah. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination we've got a kind of Chris Devay or a... Um, McKenna. A, a, yeah, McKenna. Or like somebody who's very, very comfortable from uh, passing out from the back, right. essentially. So maybe not McKenna. But like, mm-hmm. um, but they certainly are um, doing it with them last season. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Berra's absence perhaps is... Helping them play mm-hmm. from the back in the middle. Um, 
yeah, apart from that, looking at Michael Smith, um, again, he's been deployed sometimes in a back three or in the midfield on the right as well. And I think you're right, it's quite weird. He is the only one uh, who perhaps offers any width. Um, well, as well as Mitchell's probably. Yeah, I think Mitchell, more. he's maybe not featured much in terms of stats because he's relatively new, but I think he'll be the kind of out ball on the wing that could be that kind of like cross crosser of the ball that they don't have at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but Smith, he's uh, fifth in the league for key passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Smith, again, uh, he's, he's one that kind of flies under the radar, but he's very, very effective in playing in that back three. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously a decent right back, solid enough, but um, when, they've went, when they've wanted to go to that three, he's been a very good mm-hmm. other option as well. So I, d- I don't know, I think they've just, uh, they're just galvanised. Yeah. Um, and I think you've got young players stepping up to the plate, uh, Suter in particular taking that captain's armband lean by example and I think James Dunn deserves a huge amount of credit because um, he's been in every game since since Berra got injured and uh, has not looked out of place whatsoever um, in terms of the goalkeeper that's the only thing I kind of looked at uh, what my plan was to look at how he compares to McLaughlin mm-hmm. but what I found rather quickly was the number of so first of all I was like oh right, so McLaughlin is making more saves and then I looked at the amount of shots in five games that McLaughlin faced and it's probably a testament to what is in front of the goalkeeper, both in defence and midfield, that um, Zlamal has faced significantly less shots. But I mean, saying that, um, he's still relatively impressive in uh, how he's been how he's been performing. I mean, um, if we can actually find his stats here. Yeah, because I remember with um, the main the main thing with McLaughlin. I remember last season was that we kind of came to the conclusion that he kind of masked over or he paved over quite a lot of cracks yeah. in that. And he almost kind of, if you really looked under the, if you kind of looked behind the curtain of that Hearts defence, you realised that actually McLaughlin's kind of pulled him out quite a lot. 100%. Because mm. the shots he had on goal. Well, that's it. Like, he was just saving shots they shouldn't be saving. So, I mean, the yeah. expected conceded goals was way higher than yeah. the actual conceded goals. Maybe it was like 20 goals higher or something well, that's crazy it. like that. Well, that's it. And people were like, oh, it's such a solid central defence. And to an extent it was, but also the, the kind of, to complete that Holy Trinity, so to speak, was... John McLaughlin. Um, yep. So Lamal, I mean, he, he um, I mean, I don't know why. Holy Trinity, Tardis. Yeah, I, I know, love it. I mean, <laughs> My time castles are not Tardis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so Lamal, he's, he's made, so he's made 17 saves this season. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, anyway, he said 17 shots against him this even, season. In total, um, he's made 15 saves. So right. that's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I, don't, I wouldn't say in any way that he's digging them out at this stage of the season more than McLaughlin did, but he's playing, playing well and he's a solid enough keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't want to be too harsh on like a Jack Hamilton at Dundee, but we've already seen individual mistakes from him. Um, I'm, again, I'm not saying Hearts are playing it from the back like Barcelona, but if they yeah. do want the option to play it from the back, Jack Hamilton maybe um, wasn't that keeper, which is why I'm a bit confused he's at Dundee, actually, to be honest. Because <laughs> they, like, anyway, but um, no, uh, stop slacking Dundee. I just think um, there's maybe it's not that they're doing anything massively different or their defence is uh, significantly improved but it's still as solid as it ever was and that's without their captain and arguably their most experienced defender yeah. with two, a central, centre back pairing that one's 21 one's 20 and one is relatively unproven and um, we can also just say as well like last uh, also compared to last season like they've lost arguably their two most important players in McLaughlin and Lafferty exactly and, and in January he lost Walker I know he's pretty pants last season but yeah. before that he was a big player too no definitely it's crazy yeah it's amazing how they turned it around and at one point they lost, also lost Levine so it was so easy for when Austin McPhee yeah. took charge that, that game um, for, for it to drop off mm. and you're like right, fair enough like you understand that the players may be a bit, bit down their, their boss is in hospital um, but 
complete opposite, just all guns blazing, uh, didn't miss a beat, and there's def- he's instilled something at the moment, um, and obviously everybody's buying into what Levine believes, whether that's all the trolling, uh, whether that's long grass at Tynecastle, um, whatever it is, it's it's working, and uh, they're buying into it, and it's, it, uh, they, they look a threat, and they look the kind of team that could beat anybody, so... Yeah, Celtic maybe didn't have their best game against Hearts, but a lot of that was to do with how well Hearts played, and then like absolutely they, they yeah. couldn't they couldn't contain them. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see when Hearts come up against like the Hibs, um, Rangers, Aberdeen, um, how they get on because um, it would not surprise me. And, I, I, and forgive me, Hearts fans, but last season when Hibs were flying, trying to still finish second, and there was that midweek Edinburgh derby, and everybody was like, "There's absolutely no way Hearts are going to beat them," and then Hearts did it to stop them from finishing right. second. It's when when Lennon says, "I'm going to leave in the summer," essentially. Yeah, I could see the same happening where like Hibs are a bit like hot and cold, and then they go up to the Edinburgh derby, and you're like, "Well, it's obviously going to be Hearts. I'm going to steamroll them," and then there'll be some kind of uh, five-four <sighs> last-minute Jamie McLaren bumbles into the net. Or well, they've got the Hibs. They got the Derby caught up, don't they? Actually, um, I think so. Yeah, I, I love Edinburgh Derby. It's it's just great. You just, you, it's it, I think it's just totally unpredictable every time. Like you just you genuinely people always say that and like Warren because out the window in rivalries. But I mean, a lot of time it doesn't. Like look at you know Celtic's current dominance over Rangers. But like, <laughs> you know, um, but then you know yeah, Hibs Hearts. It can go anyway, yeah. any time. It's great. Oh wow! Midweek, cancel the guys and. Go to the go Easter Road. Um, I have an Edinburgh. Oh, sorry, Tynecastle. Edinburgh Derby themed Halloween party. The ghost of Vladimir Romanov. <laughs> George Berlin just yeah. not show up or something. Um, um, no, but yeah, to go back to like the kind of chat. Him. Yeah. Oh. Um, what I think would be quite interesting to see actually is how many passes uh, Souter made to Miller actually in the Scotland game, almost out of instinct, you know, just because mm-hmm. he was doing that as well in the Scotland game, just kind of. Pinging those balls up the park, but minute to um, Naismith, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Miller. Why did I have Miller in my head? Anyway, yeah, sorry, I meant Naismith, sorry. Um, Scotland legend, you know. Possibly. Um, back on Dundee, unfortunately. We can't get off. <laughs> we swore we wouldn't talk about it, that's all we've talked about tonight. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Suter almost like instinctually finding Naismith with passes and, sp- and, and finding him in space and things. And, you know, you've kind of just covered everything really well there, and because I was going to just kind of jump in and say about Berra. Berra was actually a wee bit disparaging to Suter to an extent. He obviously was very complimentary in this interview in the BBC, but he also said, you know, I have to kind of ball the boy uh, at times. And, you know, fair enough, he probably does. But, he, I mean, on national radio, maybe? Yeah, I mean, Suter's obviously shown that, you know, he's he's, he's capable of, of, of dealing with it, and he's obviously came such a long way since he was at Dundee United. And, and he's now getting his call up for the Scotland team and, and fair play to him. But I think just kind of, if you if we just kind of, not really conclude, but just kind of if you want to just take a step back and look at the whole club as a whole, it's just such a huge testament to Craig Levine. And I think, you know... And Ann Budge as well, obviously. And Ann Budge too. But I just meant like the way he just... He, he did this at Dundee United and it's just kind of been wiped from history because all people talk about is his turn at Scotland. But he was so good at just basically organising that club and getting everything sorted, everything facing the right way. Um, and yeah sure at Hearts he's had to deal with Cathro and the stadium um, and unfortunately he's now had this health scare we all hope he's fine from that but you know the way that he's got his team working he obviously the last season was a transition season but it wasn't it wasn't a transition like most coaches where they're trying to find their feet he was making sure that this team started from something they built on it i.e. defence um, he's obviously done a remarkable job at making Hearts far more um you know, attractive to young players. Guys like Mitchell, you know, they mentioned the lad from Sheffield there. Yeah. And these guys are specifically saying, 
you know, I'm coming to Hearts because I know I'll get game time, I know I'll get good coaching, I'll play where I want to play, I'll develop the way I want to develop, and then, you know, I'll move on to other things. Um, and, you know, and so you've got a guy who's, and, and, and sorry, the third point was actually that he is a big media presence, and we all like to have a laugh about it, and it fills newspaper columns, but he, you, it's, it's in much the same way with Lennon to an extent at Hibs, where he makes himself the topic, and that means, you know, if a Mitchell or a Suter has a bad game, Levine can quite easily walk into that press conference and make it all about him. Yep. And, the, and, his, and, his, and his players know that, and that's something we kind of tend to forget about to an extent, because in Scotland we get so, so dragged out in, like, red cards or bad tackles or, you know, um, what the hell's the disciplinary officer up to this week or something, but, and, you know, we kind of dwell on the actual comments rather than the meaning behind the comments mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think Levine's a great, a great um, manager of that. So I think he's just—I don't even know how to describe it actually. But he's—he's—he's kind of got this kind of like Godfather role at Hearts <laughs> now, if you know what I mean. Where he's—he's he's, everything's just—he's just pulling everything, and it's now finally ticking. You know, it's—it's it's working perfectly well. It's just to start jumping in the press conference thing. Like it's kind of like Mourinho, but yeah, it's definitely but, but, but a very likable. Way of doing it because Mourinho does it and he whinges about literally anything, just so everyone goes, Oh, can you believe Jose yep. Mourinho said that? Whereas if you not go out, he'll just start winding well, people Mourinho, up. You know, it's not, it's not much more entertaining. You know? It worked well for Mourinho when he was winning, yeah. you know, because at Chelsea and stuff <clears> when it first happened, and equally it's working well for Levine as well. You could probably draw a, a correlation between when things started going well at Hearts and when Levine started getting quite brave in press conferences, mm-hmm. perhaps. He probably wasn't doing this when. You know, Cathro was losing in League Cup group stages, oh, for example. No. That's that's a graphic I would like to see. <laughs> the the shit house rate <laughs> yeah. to uh, points one uh, correlation. Uh, but yeah, so I I think you know we've 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 underlining all the things we just mentioned tonight is outstanding coaching from him and Austin McPhee and a system that they've been working on from day one since Levine got his hand on that team and it's now we're beginning to see the, the fruition of it and I think it's really exciting because. Brilliant for the league. Yep. I mean, it, that aside, as a neutral, brilliant for the league. Cause it, was, it was the same last season, and I still think Hibs will come good. Um, Aberdeen I'm a bit less sure about because they've had a slow start, but they, I think they are. We said from the start of the season struggling. You think Rangers are going to be there, there or thereabouts? But it, I, I think it's going to be for that second place. And I mean, I'm saying that second place at the moment is you can't say Hearts can't be in or about it until they're pegged back. So for for us, for them to be that strong this season it's only kind of good for the Premiership to be honest um, makes the top six a hell of a lot more interesting because Kilmarnock still look very good as well Yeah, I think they can I think Kilmarnock is still to proper click as well I think they can still you wrote a good article on um, exactly that yeah, yeah, last week was yeah they were unlucky the weekend as well yeah, actually yeah. so like, I, I'd expect Kelly to be challenging for top four as well so I think it's yeah it's anyone's guess like who's going to end up there you know like okay Celtic will probably end up winning the league but from the end, from the, from the rest of the top half, yeah. could be anyone. Really, could be anyone. I'm going to double down in my um, prediction early in the season. So, what was that again? Aberdeen not going to qualify. Uh, I think they'll finish. I think Aberdeen will finish below Hearts, Celtic, Rangers, Hibs, and Kelly. Right, there we go. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Aberdeen sixth. Sixth. I'm pretty sure. Was it, maybe. Was it, was, it you, was it you that said McKinnis against that Thank first you, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said that. Here we are a couple weeks later and we've already lost two managers and neither of them. Yeah, I'm, also, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just cancelled a podcast because a third mate is sad. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't account for the mentalness of St. Mirren and, uh, and uh, Livingston. But, well, you know, I think the media's getting a wee bit carried away with itself, digging up old, you know, 
uh, stories about George Burley and all that nonsense and Roman. Oh, Army. it's nothing alike. But it's... maybe we can apply some sort of analytical sense to where we think. Well, we, I guess we already have actually. Because you think they're going to be pushing for top four. I mean, mm. I think they'll definitely be top four. Celtic are definitely going to win the league. Um, I'm not asking for your top sixes, obviously. Yeah. But I just mean like, I mean, I think the way they're playing right now, and the thing as well is that they do. The only thing, I mean, obviously we don't know what's going to happen, but they're still waiting for Bear to come back. And I was a player who, up until maybe like January or February, a lot of us were touting for player of the season last year mm-hmm. to an extent, or at least one of the most important players for his respective club. What, what's the say as well? They've got a, that the other Czech striker. He's, he's coming in January. 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 Yep. What's the oh, say they can't yeah. fine-tune another couple of things in January yep. if there's something slightly missing around Christmas time, do you mean? So, so really, even if it is five games, to win your first five games, I'm sorry, like not for anybody, that's a very, very promising start. And... Uh, considering where they finished last season in the league, the actual mm. turnaround from maybe their last five games in the league to this is well, even just like sort of broadening it a wee bit to the cup as well. I mean, all, all, so on all competitions, they've played eleven competitive games this season. They've won ten and they drew one, and then they won that in penalties. Yeah. So like, it's just yeah, it's outstanding. It really is. James and I were both saying the pub action Saturday. I was, if you compare us to Motherwell, actually, Motherwell just obviously they just their form just kind of hit the rocks after the league cup final. But because they accumulated so many points before that, they, they, that was still enough for them. I know they end up, didn't end up finishing top six, but it was such it was still such a huge bedrock for them for their final points tally. Yeah. So if you kind of want to apply that to Hearts, you could say, well, you know, if they go on and win, I'm not saying they're going to, going to keep winning games, but if they go on this kind of similar form for at least another five or ten games, even if they then, even if their form then just completely bottoms out, that. Motherwell have shown already that if you can still if, if you can still pick up a huge amount of points in the first 10-15 games that will have a huge effect on where you do end up finishing yeah, of course and we'll leave it there um, just a kind of couple of quick things the main one uh, please like subscribe review uh, the podcast on iTunes uh, really helps us kind of stick out from the crowd um, so if you enjoy the podcast also recommend it to a friend good old word of mouth we're also on Spotify if you follow us on there that will give us uh, a bit of help as well and then we're on Audioboom if you're uh, not on Apple or Spotify. Um, again, just keep an eye on the site for anything that's going on. Plenty of articles going up this week. Uh, you can do that through the usual social media channels, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the two point one. Uh, and apart from that, you guys got anything else to say before we go? Yeah. I just I would just say Blair's done another great tactical breakdown of the the Hibs Kilmarnock piece uh, game. Sorry, Cami, our Championship guys, done a good piece on Inverness and. Any Celtic Rangers fans wondering why we're not covering the Europa League games this week? Um, well, we decided not to. But we have got a Rangers preview up from Monday onwards, and by the time this goes up, we'll have the Celtic one up too. Yeah. Grant, okay, well, we'll see you next week for another episode of the 2.1 cast.